All right, Tuesday or Wednesday, January 10th, new king of college football as the season comes to an end, the end of an era, the end of a, the 10 team play or the 10 year run of the 14 playoff era. And people are saying the, the end of the Ohio State running the Big Ten era, Washington, Michigan will have a national championship rematch in Big Ten play next year. But Colin, that school up north is bringing the trophy. Back to Ann Arbor, so I'm just going to let you. Uh, nobody wants to hear hear me talk about it. It's just, I so I was leaving the gym yesterday, like right before kickoff, and I started to get this feeling of like emptiness and despair in my rib cage and sadness, and I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like the feeling I got. It's the same feeling I got when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. It's the same feeling I got after Ohio State lost when McCord threw the pick. It's just like existential dread, I guess. And I was watching it. I was like, there's no fucking way Washington wins this game. And the worst part was Washington had 100 chances to win that game. They did. They had there were the amount of missed opportunities. Um, it was it seemed like a lot, but at the same time, it never really felt like they were. It was a seven-point game for a, a while, like even in the second half. But I never really even felt like they were going to get over the hump. It just seemed like no. It never felt like it was football. theirs to win. Yeah, it's like whenever but even they, they they were getting fourth down stops, turning them over, and then you come out of this, you play a really bad first half, and you're down seven, getting the ball, and then the difference is it's it's inches. It's Alabama. It's that pick with, with Alabama where the guy where he steps out by an inch on the first play of the game. And then the first play of the half ball bat it incredible focus to be able to reel that in. And he stays inbound by an inch and either of those things go differently. And, and there's three different teams that, that maybe could have walked away with that trophy, but Michigan, they, they did enough and they really are. People talk about them as like a Joel Klatt says this a lot. He calls them the bow constrictor and they really are because you don't look at them and they're not flashy and they don't do anything crazy, but they just, strangle you it happened with penn state ohio state not as much because they had that drive at the end but penn state washington alabama it's like they just will play you and play you and play you and then you just run out of steam trying to keep up even though they're not hitting anything big over the top or doing anything crazy but they just they really do just suffocate you yeah we really as a ohio state fan we really needed georgia to win the sec because that was that was the team that Michigan wouldn't have been able to do that to. Because you saw it with the Alabama game. I mean, Michigan did not have the same – like, Michigan outplayed Bama for a half, and then Bama had them, and then Milrow just wasn't good enough, and he made too many mistakes. Whereas if Georgia plays them, I think they beat them pretty good again. Just, you know – Carson Beck got fancy with the with the ball handling and fumbled the ball inside their own 10 and lost them that game. But it sucks, man. I mean, you know, I try and tell myself like I, I was pretty upset last night when I was going to bed and I was like, well, you know what? If Ohio State won this, I'd still have to go to work tomorrow or I'd probably would have taken the day off. But regardless, you know, that's kind of the mindset. It's like it's like I wake up tomorrow. I log on my computer. It doesn't matter if. Alcorn state won the national title or Alabama or Ohio state or Michigan, but it's just, it's a bragging rights thing. And like, it's fun to care about shit, but it sucked. I mean, the fucking holding on the Odunze catch where they finally broke through 
that ended the game because you go from first and 10 at the Michigan 35 to yeah. second or first and 20, whatever. And they weren't getting enough protection all night to make those types of deep bombs down the field. And Michigan has really good corners. I mean, Michigan's this season was always going to be it's crazy because it's already being defined by this. And I think as time goes on, it'll even become a bigger part of the picture. But this Michigan season is going to be defined by every close game they had. There was a call or set of calls that people appoint to. And it's the scandal. I mean, obviously, I sound like a poor sport and I am. I'm a little bitch and I'm whining like a little fucking bitch. But like. They cheated for three years. They have outwardly not denied it, except for when Harbaugh grabbed the mic last night. Like McCarthy said, like, oh, we had to catch up to other teams who were cheating, which is just like a terrible, horrible thing to say. And this title's will it get vacated? Will it not? It'll have an asterisk on it. It's poetic. It was right next to the uh, Astros stadium. And I don't know, like I do. I think they were cheating still. Who knows? Probably not because they were under such a watchful eye, but like, at the same time, at that point, you already got caught. Why stop then? And I think that they kind of put everything to bed with uh, the end of the season, not having Harbaugh. If, if, I think it was almost perfect that it came out when it did because they were sat. They Everyone was like they were under the microscope, and they went out, and they didn't need anything to beat Washington last night. They didn't. I don't think that it helped them beat Alabama or Ohio State this year. And if that news dropped in two weeks, it's a totally different situation. But Agreed. they've kind of controlled the narrative. If you're a Michigan fan, you're imagine none of that came out and it comes out in a month. Then yeah, it that's then tough. it really even if the I feel like it, the impact probably is somewhat limited. Like I don't really know how well, much the, it does, but if it were to come out later, it would be a whole nother story of after they win if it all comes out. But Coming out before and Harbaugh missing the games, like I don't think people are going to look back. It, it is trickle down effect, though. Like if you if you're it's 2020 and you're you there's there's a very real scenario where if they didn't if they played that Ohio State game in 2020 with the difference in talent that year and how bad Michigan was going and how Ohio State ended up in the national title, if they play that game, there's a chance Ohio State wins by 30 and Harbaugh gets fired. Yeah, you're no, that's the, definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. You're in the basement then. You cheat yeah. for three years and things build on itself. Like if you're cheating and your team is playing better because you're cheating and you're getting better players and you're building and you're stacking and this and this and this. And then you get to the point where halfway through year three, you get found out and then you can't do it anymore per se. Who knows? Then you can stack that on top of itself. And now you already have the players. Because you got five-star cornerback Will Johnson because you looked good at the time. Will Johnson's not committing to Michigan if Michigan is six and eight and they fire Jim Harbaugh or six and six, whatever. So I think it's definitely a huge part of the narrative. Um, it's just it sucks, man. I mean, we said this on this podcast. I I said they were gonna win. It hurt to say I wanted to be wrong so bad. Uh, the first quarter looked horrible. I thought it was going to be a bloodbath. And then at the end of the game, it ended up being one. And Penix, Penix cost himself a lot of lot money last night. He played horrible, in my opinion. Yeah, he just, like, got smothered. And and he, but he missed, he, missed he did a get lot smothered. Of, he missed a, a lot of throws. Were, there were a couple where 
you see it and you're like, oh, it, he must have been hit or a guy in the lane and it's just misses. And obviously that's the best defense that they've played all year and it's and it's a lot of pressure, but it he did not step up. He didn't make the throws that he had been making. He had a Dunze wide open. He had a tight end the up the Fourth down open. was was huge too. That was a big turning point because if that's a good throw, it's a walk-in touchdown. And he had another. He had a Dunze open on the other fourth down. That was almost a pick six at the, that, more or less, ended the game. But here's the but, thing. I mean, you have that, but like they call the hold, they back him up, they punt the first play of the next drive. There's a clear image of the Michigan guy pulling the guy's jersey right when he's next to McCarthy. Fucking fifty yard pass play sets Michigan up to put on the clincher. It's like the. You never want to blame the refs. I'll, I won't really blame the refs when it's Ohio State. I'll blame the refs when it's like if it's a bet I made or it's like something I'm frustrated about that's unrelated to my teams. But it was definitely an interestingly officiated game. It's just it's it's a it's a quagmire of a season. Like how many times can you look someone in the eyes and be like, oh, the national champion this year? Yeah, their coach missed half their regular season games for two separate rules violations once both currently under investigation, they had to fire three coaches off the staff. Like it's, I, I was honestly shocked sitting there last night, watching them celebrate, thinking to myself, like there was no one who like said like, all right, we got to make a fucking call and we got to make sure that this team doesn't win this year. Because I think, I think it challenges the integrity of it, as dirty of a sport as college football has always been between paying players and this and that you never felt like the product on the field, the integrity of the product on the field was challenged. And I think this year that scandal really brought things to, you know, to a front. And on top of it, that's the team that wins the national championship. The last ever four team championship. It, it doesn't sit super well with me. And I think that's huge piece of it being Michigan, but I also think a piece of it in general is just like, like, if Alabama won that one last night and it was like Nick Saban missed six games this year because he did improper recruiting and he stole signs and he cheated on the field and he's been cheating for three years to save his job. I would be like that. That doesn't feel right. I think if they, there's going to be more investigations if nothing else comes out. I really don't think that it's going to be remembered that way. To be honest with you, I think they're going to get in trouble. Harbaugh is gone. Harbaugh. This, I- the, he's he's already moved spring practice. He moved spring practice back. He's talking about spring. He's ready. Yeah, that you know what I would say if I was leaving, I would talk about spring practice. He's he's done everything he can. Like he last night, if he lost that game, I don't know. Like he's a weird guy, and he's a Michigan man. He he brought them a national title. That was everything he was supposed to do. His quarterback's gone. Both his running backs are gone. Like four of his offensive linemen are gone. Like. This is going to be a really different looking team next year. And again, like, you know, we've probably said that before uh, in college football, but they have not brought in the recruiting classes. And this was a team that took advantage of COVID. They had 40 over 40 seniors on the roster. So did Washington. That's the thing. These are two of the oldest teams in college football. And when they play the way they played, which was like dominant on both lines, a lot of those offensive linemen they had are fifth and sixth year guys. Yeah, I think part of the saying like they haven't been like the best recruiting team 
this is almost no matter who won last night, whether it was Michigan or Washington, I think it gives a lot of like hope to a lot of other teams because what well, they have two, I think I heard they had two five star guys that were like playing and contributing. So like a Penn State, an old miss, other teams like that, it's like it can be done. Like the it's very possible to do Washington before the year was 50 to one and they were in a dogfight for like, they were down a touchdown in the second half of the national championship game. So I think that from that perspective, this year in general kind of was like, wow. Yeah. But when this COVID stuff gets phased out, are you going to have a six, like, like before COVID and NIL, Michael Penix is gone two years ago. Yeah. But I think there's still opportunity like Michigan. They don't have like, Everybody is older, and I feel like that's going to – there's obviously going to be, like, a little bit of – Well, the best teams down. are not older because their best players are gone. Like, how many six-year guys were in Ohio State this year? One, the one, their third safety, and their right guard. So they had two starters who were using the COVID eligibility. Yeah, I feel like it's – how many were on Michigan? What was it? A lot of the, the line? Yeah, but, I mean, I they mean, had the over The line 40... is where people are going to build through the portal anyway and get those – those I think the line's the hardest thing to men. build through the portal because you're not really paying those guys. I think I think we're going to be on the learning curve, and that's the one position where it's going to be easiest to get somebody who's older who can play right away because the difference between a freshman lineman and a senior lineman might be 60 pounds by the time they're Yeah, like a- but I don't think you'll see those guys leaving because I don't, I don't know if it's going to be situations where it's like Jordan Addison's at Pitt, right? And his quarterback's yeah. gone, so he goes to go play with Caleb Williams. Like, if you're a left tackle, it's not like, oh, my quarterback's gone, I'm going to leave. Like, we, we Yeah, but if you play well and you want to win, like Penn State just got a guy from, I don't I actually don't know much about him, but they got a five, an old five-star guy from Wisconsin. I don't know why. He's but he, moved, he, he, didn't, he has like three career starts at Wisconsin. Yeah, so you got to get thing. in the game. He's a big guy. He's a, yeah. He's a big, so that, those are guys you're going to see leave. But like the best tackle in the portal last year was a transfer from Rhode Island. Yeah, going up I, a level. So yeah, it'll be I, interesting It's going to be different. See. The COVID year has muddied things up for so long yeah. because it seems like it was forever ago and we still have people playing. We Michael still have Penix, another two years of it, I Michael think. Michael Penix had four season end, ending injuries. So I don't know how much of that is like medical stuff too. Uh, and he was just getting like hammered. Loudly. By the end of the game, he was like, I can't believe they made him walk off the field. He's just holding every part of his body. Um, and he really didn't even get sacked that much, maybe only like once or twice, but he was getting hit a lot. And I think the defensive line being able to get the pressure. Yeah. Michigan's really- D line really, really and it allowed them up. to drop seven guys back in coverage, six guys back in coverage, which Penix probably also hasn't seen a lot of this year. Because if, and if he is, if he's seeing seven guys in coverage, that line's probably giving him five or six seconds. So Michigan's defensive line being able to control the tempo and get home, I think, made Penix really uncomfortable. And that's why you saw him almost like once he got hit the first couple of times, he was like throwing it, not following through, and like. Peeling he back was, yeah, back bit. foot, and, like, that's – yeah, and this is the thing. That's why if I'm Michael Penix, he lost a lot of money last night because if you're a six-year quarterback and playing against the Blitz and under pressure, you look like that. You look like a sophomore, and you've been in – think about this. When J.J. McCarthy – J.J. McCarthy's a junior this year, and J.J. McCarthy stinks. He's He completed 10 passes, like – he didn't do shit. But when JJ when Michael Penix was JJ McCarthy's age, JJ McCarthy was in high school. Yeah. 
So like there's you you start to run out of excuses when you're a dude who's been in college that long. I so I don't know what the quarterback like it's I think it seems pretty set in stone that one two is gonna be Williams and Drake May. After it seems that, like Jaden Daniels is gonna go three. That's what it seems like a lot that, of places. And that would make sense based on just like the athleticism. And it's like you that's something you can't teach, but you can maybe teach him how to throw a ball better. I, he can kind of air it out deep and the other stuff you can work on. Uh, and kind of reminds reminds us of like Anthony Richardson last year, kind of being maybe not the, the most pure thrower of the football, but just like an athletic guy going early in the draft. But from honestly, like UNC was not great this year. And it's like that. Drake May is legit. Drake May is, is legit. I it, It's always like these quarterbacks, these first round quarterbacks are, are always like a 50-50 Oh Shot. yeah, Caleb Williams seems like he's as close to a sure thing as we've seen in a, in a while, probably since Trevor Lawrence. But... Well, it's so much about where you put them, though. That like I think my, my biggest issue right now, and I think this is going to be with the draft class, and we'll get into this the closer we get to April. Is I hate the idea of drafting quarterbacks who needed fifth and sixth years to come on the scene. If you take Joe Burrow out of that equation, because Joe Burrow didn't play for three years. He lost a QB battle that was neck and neck with another guy who went to the first round. And then he went to LSU, had a decent year, and then was the greatest, had the greatest college football season of all time. And anyone who watched him was like, that dude's legit. If you look at these other guys who like didn't who kind of came out of nowhere late in careers using like that COVID year and stuff, Mac Jones, bust. Kenny Pickett, bust. So now you have Bo Nix, Michael Penix. Like it comes to a point where it's like, yeah, you had a good season because you've been playing college football more than anyone's ever been allowed to. I wouldn't touch Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, or Michael Penix with a 10-foot pole in the first 50 picks of the draft. That's interesting because I feel like if you look at the top quarterback, Joe Burrow's up there. I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's it, it is about where you end up, but I wouldn't hold it against a guy if he was older. Now I don't. I'm not necessarily saying that's not older. I'm either. saying like like Jaden Daniels started for three years at Arizona State, was not good. Started a year at LSU, was below average, mediocre. I guess decent, and then then this year he was good. Michael Penix was now he got hurt a lot, so maybe he's a little different. But Bo Nix was at Auburn for three or four years, and he wasn't good. Yeah. And then last year he was solid, and then this year he put up really good numbers. It's like if you if you allow someone to play high school basketball for six years, their sixth year maybe they'll score twenty points a game. You know? Yeah. So you think it's those two Williams and May head and shoulders above everybody else? Yeah, I would take I would take JJ McCarthy before I took any of those other guys just because he has a lot of tools and we haven't seen it, but maybe that's because he hasn't had the chance to. That's a guy that I would take in like that Jordan Love end of the first round spot where it's like, hey, we have it like if if in a perfect world the Jets had a first round pick this year, but they had Aaron Rodgers the whole year, obviously terms of the trade, they couldn't have both. And they looked good and they like lost in the divisional round or the championship round, whatever. And they were like, we're running it back next year, but we're taking this guy because Rogers has one year left. And they took JJ 
as an Ohio State fan, I'd obviously be pissed and I'd probably want another weapon or something to help for another run. But I think in that scenario, I'd like, all right, this kind of makes sense. This guy's got a good arm. He's mobile. He's really young. He was a winner in college. He's played in a pro-style offense under Harbaugh, who coached the NFL. I could talk myself into that. I would way rather take a risk on that and development than, hey, here's this dude who played five or six years who wasn't who was not considered a draft prospect until his last year. That's, that's fair. I, I think Jane, I mean, we both know that there's going to be a third quarterback taken before the end of the first round. Oh, I think they'll all get picked. I think there's going to be maybe five or six quarterbacks taken the first round. Yeah. And I think Jane Daniels probably is third. He's probably who I would put yep. his third to just based on the athletic ability, because you see how valuable that is. We're going to get to the NFL in a second, but like Lamar is about to win MVP. Uh, Jalen Hurts. There's definitely an like argument for him. Yeah. The, the being able to run the ball, like having that threat, having like another guy who can run the ball is gives like such another level to of the offense. And I think that that is something that people are going to want to But have. if I'm, if I'm drafting Jaden Daniels third Jayden. overall, why not trade for Justin Fields? I know he's going to be more expensive, but like Justin Fields is one year older than Jaden Daniels. It's uh, it's because of the contract and the control. Yeah, the contract. Yeah, that's that, right. that's why these guys all go go so early because if they mm-hmm. hit your, you got a cheap quarterback for five years. Yep. Fair enough. All right. All right. I feel like we can move on. NFL playoff Super Wild Card weekend, homecoming weekend for a couple different players, um, but we can start in the NFC. We can go through uh, my predictions and your predictions and, and how we did. So in the NFC, what we have, the 49ers are the one seed, the Cowboys are the two, Lions are the three, the Bucks end up winning that division at the four, and then wild card are the Eagles, the uh, Rams, and the Packers. And then for me, I had the Eagles at the one. They finished fifth, Seahawks who missed the playoffs. Lions, who was my only correct division winner in the NFC, Saints, who missed out, and then my wildcard teams all made it, 49ers, Cowboys, Packers, but two of them as division winners. You had the Cowboys and the Niners, 1-2, so just flip those two around. Vikings, Falcons were both wrong, and then you had Eagles, Seahawks, Packers, so two division winners, four out of seven, a little bit better than than me, but uh, I think the big storyline coming out of the NFC or the big game, at least that I'm looking forward to most, is the Matt Stafford return to Detroit. Oh, yeah. Um, the yeah. Rams have been one of the hottest teams the back half. Probably them and the Texans are the two surprises of the playoffs. I'd say um, the Packers are a little surprising. And the Packers, too. Although we both picked the Packers from our perspective. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> uh, but yeah, neither of us. I remember we. I listened back last week to that episode to get the, some notes and we both said that we would kind of be surprised if the Rams did anything of any significance this year. And uh, here they are with Stafford going back to Detroit for Detroit's first home playoff game in 30 years. And I mean, it's, this is like betting on the lions to me. feels like you'd be betting on Washington where it's like, you really want to see him win, but it just kind of seems like it might be like after the game, you're gonna be like, why did I do that? Like why? Like it's the lions. They're playing their old quarterback against, a Super Bowl winning coach, like we know how this is going to go. That game should be fun. It should be high scoring, but I mean, it's going to be 
pretty heartbreaking if you're a Lions fan. And I think probably the Rams have a pretty good shot to win outright there in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, Rams plus three is probably going to be a super popular bet this week. Um, I'd imagine the NFC, all the underdogs are going to get a lot of love. The Packers are catching seven and a half after looking really good in like two, like bigger, you know, like they were on in Sunday night football on New Year's Eve, which like, I guess if you're going to be on Sunday night, that's probably the least amount of eyeballs you're getting. Uh, and then that bears game. I feel like a lot of people watch that. Yeah. Um, and then, and they're kind of coming in with momentum and the Cowboys people are like, Oh, the Cowboys are the Cowboys, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, you have the, the Eagles look like garbage down yeah, the stretch. They, yeah, lost five of six to get in the playoffs. Against first, bad teams, too. Yeah. First team, they said them and the 86 Jets are the only two teams to start 10-1 and one and not win their division. Yep. Anytime you're with the Jets, I, I don't even remember the 86 Jets. I wasn't alive, and that just made me – that made me – like, I felt something come up. Yeah. But – It's – so, I, I the Eagles – I guess you kind of, they have to be favorites, I guess, but it's incredible um, I, that they fought like the, the spiral that's happened in the past month and a half. Um, the thing is though, I think they, I still think they can beat the Bucks. The Bucks went nine. And yeah. Nine. The Bucks just scored nine points on the Panthers. They went down to Tampa. Obviously it's a different team than earlier in the year when they went down to play them, but I think that they could beat the Bucks, and I'm just nervous that if they do, I'm going to be, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be all the way back. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to check this real quick. Um, I really think that – I'm assuming that we're going to see a lot of action come in on the underdogs in the NFC. The underdogs, yeah. And then I think the AFC, we're going to see all the favorites take on yeah. money. And I actually like the opposite. I don't know about the AFC, but I definitely like the favorites in the NFC because – it just seems like okay, here we go. So we have the Packers. Packers Cowboys is about 50-50, which I think makes some sense because like Dallas is so, such a big market. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas, you're always gonna get money for coming on Dallas. Um, and it's such a big number that you're gonna get a lot on the underdog. Like if that was like even five and a half, I think you see it a little differently. We're seeing everyone on the Rams. Yeah, it makes me Nervous. And then we're actually seeing the majority on the Eagles, which is interesting. Um, But I bet if that gets to three and a half, you'll see it switch. Yeah. So I like all the favorites in the NFC. I really think the NFC this year, the only wild card, and obviously the Eagles are a wild card, but they're a favorite. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to talk about it like succinctly, but out of all the underdogs this weekend, I think the only team that really has a chance to do anything in the playoffs is the Rams. The Packers are the quintessential six or seven seed to me where you're a young team. You have a young quarterback, young skill players. Their defense isn't very good, but on offense, that's the team that you, you want to sneak in if you're the Packers, because you have a lot of foundational stuff that you can build upon and you want to get reps in the playoffs. Losing in the playoffs does not matter that much to them. I think if I was a Packers fan, I'd be like, we're in a really good spot and we have another quarterback. They, the, the interesting thing about that game, that was another, that's another like 
homecoming game-ish because it's Mike McCarthy versus old team. You're like, oh, the team's young. They haven't been to the playoffs. Jordan Love's been balling the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. And LaFleur has been to the playoffs. So you might not have players who have necessarily been there, but I feel like Aaron Jones was was part of those playoff runs a couple years ago where they were there. Yeah, he was. So they have some guys in there who have been there before. Um, I have this, like, sick, twisted thing in my mind. I'm like, the Eagles got to win. I think they can win. The Rams are certainly capable of going into Detroit and winning. If there's a little bit of craziness with the Packers-Cowboys game, Eagles might be playing a home game in the divisional round if, it, if five, six, and seven all win. That's like a bit a thought in my head, and I feel like if you don't have hope, you have nothing. So yeah. I'm going to keep thinking that way. I, but... I don't blame you because the Eagles are still a good team. Yeah, Their corners. Or if suck. the Rams win – if the Ram just if the Rams win and the Packers lose, then the Eagles would go to Dallas. And if they can just even just avoid going to San Francisco off the bye, I think that they're gonna have a chance, like third time seeing a team. Like I would rather play the Cowboys if the Eagles win than the 49ers, which is probably how most teams feel, but especially being a division game. So the Eagles, like part of me thinks that they might be able to like pull something out of their ass and put it together, but uh, pro- like probably not, but they gotta get gotta get the first one first. See one go through the hoop, and then you never know what's gonna happen. And if people are healthy, like corners have been bad, but Avante Maddox has only been back for a couple games after getting hurt early in the year, and Slay's been out in that time. Bradbury, unfortunately, has been in, and he's been one of the worst corners of all time. That Seahawks didn't you guys just resign him? It was a short term deal, but yeah, they resigned him. Uh, that Seahawk comeback that they gave up to Drew Locke. I think he gave up every single yard on that. Yeah, drive. he did. It's not hyperbolic. Uh, so if he's, if Avante Maddox plays well and he's like your third guy, then I guess that's fine. But Jalen Hurts is going well, to. So tough. let's go back AJ to Brown front on this. Good. Let's yeah, start sorry, with that Eagles game. Away. Yeah. So obviously you're an Eagles fan. You're going to have way more intel on this. My first thought that comes to my mind in that game is the Bucks have. Really good wide receivers. Yeah. The Eagles at least seemingly have some sore spots at corner, especially if Slay is at 100%. They're going to have to they, – they're going to the, – the recipe for the Eagles is going to be actually running the ball because DeAndre Swift was sick last week, so he didn't play, but it was just like an illness, so he should be fully healthy. He's been running the ball great. You have to run the ball. I think you have to limit the amount of possessions in the game and you got to like capitalize when you do. And you don't even need to get a turnover. You just need to contain Baker because Rashad White has been good this year, but he's doing a lot of work out of the air too. Like if you can kind of not let them establish anything on the ground and shut down the running back passing game, I think it's going to be difficult for Tampa. Uh, Like Baker, Baker has made a lot of big plays, but like if you get, if you can get one turnover, I think that could be, kind of enough to swing the game and we're gonna have to take our best pass rushers and have them rush the passer which might sound dumb but first play against the Giants Asad Reddick is like running out trying they have him dropping back in coverage so we're gonna have to have guys play their real positions to have any legit chance at at making a run so what's going on with the defense is is like mind-boggling seeing these clips of edge rushers dropping back and other people like just running all over the field like it's a like it's a peewee game but if they actually like, like we know the team can be good, they just haven't been good in two months. So 
They should, but I think they're going to win this week. Yeah. So if I had to pick, I think the Eagles are going to win. I think they cover. I think if any underdog is going to win, just looking at all this, I think it's the Bucks. Because you're at home. You already have a matchup you can exploit. Now you have Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's either going to win this game or he's going to lose by two touchdowns. Yeah. I think that's how it's going to work. Yeah. If it comes down to a final drive and Baker has the ball and he's more, I would not feel confident at all because the Eagles have folded that situation multiple times this year. Uh, I think the only, I'm going to go with the favorites in the NFC to, to win. I don't know about covering the spread. I'm going to take the Ram. I think the Rams, it's going to come down to like one fourth and three that uh, Dan Campbell's going to go for on like his own 40. And that's going to decide the game. It's going to be, because he's got to toe that line now of, or it's going to be he's not aggressive enough when he should have gone for it. So if the Lions lose, it's going to be impossible for Dan Campbell not to get ridiculed because he is so aggressive. And it's either going to be he was too aggressive or if they lose, he wasn't aggressive enough. Um, so I think that there's too many things that could go wrong with that uh, with that team. And the coaching edge is probably with the Rams as well. And they were able to sit people last week. Yeah, for this one, I think... I think this is such an emotional game for both sides that I think either way it's going to be not a blowout because we don't see a ton of blowouts at the NFL regardless, but I think this is a 10 to 17 point win by whichever, because the lions are either going to come out their first home game, home playoff game and God knows how long and they're going to win by, they're just going to be out like gangbusters. Hutchinson's going to have two sacks and, Goff's going to light it up and we're going to be saying like, um, you know, all this stuff, whatever, like, oh, should have McVay, you know, given yeah. John. But like, you can't really say that because Stafford won a Super Bowl, but like, whatever. Or the Lions are going to come out super emotional and you're going to have Dan Campbell going for it and a fake punt and this and that and the next thing. And then three things go wrong and Stafford's up 21 nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think either way, I don't think it's Jared Goff too. We haven't even talked about him. Like, yeah, uh, th- this team traded you away like one for one for another quarterback after you took him to the Super Bowl because they didn't think you could win it. Turned out to be the right trade probably for both teams. Mm-hmm. Stafford getting old Rams in the Super Bowl and Goff has been great in Detroit. So, I mean, this has got to be he's got to be pretty fired up, too. So it really is that that is the game that I really thought on my uh, predicting the time slots. I thought that was the game where they're going to make Detroit. You've waited 30 years. You can wait an extra day. I thought that was the Monday night game. Uh would have been a great way to end. The See, I thought it was going to be the Saturday night game, but Saturday night's Peacock. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing that I am. That is unbelievable. And it's horrible, but we don't have to get into that. But yeah, that's going to be, what time is that one is on Sunday, at, Sunday night, Sunday. Night. So yeah, night game. That'll be a great way to end and uh, a great day of football on Sunday, hopefully, but it's going to be the most emotional game by far. And probably the one that I'm most looking forward to outside of the Eagles game. Yep. And then I think the last NFC game, I think this is pretty cut and dry. I think Dak is going to carve up that defense. I think Micah Parsons and the Cowboys defense is going to be a little too much for Jordan love. And I think we're going to see like, 34 to 10 Cowboys. It's... If you get a cover, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a backdoor late when, mm-hmm. it doesn't, when it's inconsequential. 
I would be really, really shocked if the Packers came into Dallas and won that game. Yeah, you think back to the iconic, uh, it was like the early days of Snapchat where the guy was sitting there, the Packer fan, and said, they don't realize that we have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's on that two-minute drill, but they don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore, so I think the Cowboys... No one has Aaron Rodgers. Pat McAfee has Aaron Rodgers. It would be catastrophe if uh, Dallas loses this game. So I don't th- I don't think they will. Their collapse will come later. Uh but speaking of catastrophes, Jersey Jerry's Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh yeah, I, I don't think that game's worth worth much time. The only chance the Steelers have is if Josh Allen goes full Josh Allen and has three intercepts. The Steelers suck. And TJ Watt's not playing either. So yeah. And Minka Minka might not play. Yeah. And uh before we get into that, we'll go over what we said in the AFC. Uh so I had one division winner, right? The Chiefs uh, picked the Jags, Bengals, and Dolphins, which the Dolphins were probably should have won the division, but I'm happy that I didn't end up actually betting them to win the division. And then I had Ravens, Chargers, Jets as the wildcard team. So only three teams, one division winner. You had Chief, you had the Chiefs winning the division as well, and then you had the Bills and the Browns both in, but Jags, Bengals, Jets, Chargers all miss out. Um Chargers obviously already fired their coach. Jets had the injuries. Same with the Bengals, but uh, Chiefs were the only one that we were able to get right, which was kind of kind of a gimme coming into the year. And I think it's kind of a gimme that they're gonna move on to the next round. I was really hoping that Buffalo I don't would have lost so that we could have got Bills Chiefs first round. But see, I think of any, it's tough to say because Houston's an underdog too, but. I think Bill Steelers is like a no contest. I don't even think that's a waste. I think it's a waste of our time. I think we always get a game each year, especially in the AFC. Like two years ago, the Chiefs just laid waste to the Steelers. Um, Last year, did we get a bad game? Two years ago, the Eagles got killed by the Bucs as well. Yep. And then last year, I'm trying to think if there was a bad game. Not in the NFC, I don't think. Uh, the Cowboys Bucks Monday night game kind of sucked. Yeah, but yeah, with with the expansion and having six games now, like, and you got the the second best team playing the seventh best team, you're bound to have some of those games. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think Buffalo. I could see Buffalo not covering that, maybe because it's ten and they could do some stupid shit. But like, if they lost to the Steelers, I would be shocked. Yeah, at home, after all that, getting the two seed is crazy. They might finally, finally get to play the Chiefs at home, which I, which would be uh, – that that would be the primetime Sunday, Sunday afternoon uh, game. But we're, I'm looking – I'm thinking in my head about what next week's games could be, and they could really be – like if you get Lions Cow- – if it's all the favorites winning and it's Lions Cowboys again and Eagles 49ers, I know the Eagles – or would be pretty big underdogs and probably lose, but they're still like they played last year and all this shit and the Eagles have been bad, but they would have gotten a win. And then you could have chiefs bills, which would be an incredible matchup. And then potentially Flacco going back to, to Baltimore. So there's a lot Uh, like we're setting, we have great football this weekend and it's setting up, but it looks like it's even going to get uh, even better with all like the insane stuff that's happened this year between Flacco and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, first thing, this weekend has two great games Saturday. 
Sunday has one awesome game. And then Monday, you know, that game, I don't know if it'll be awesome, but it it's, be it could be like, it could, it get, could be weird. It could be like some, some fuck shit could happen in that game. Yeah. But when I see that, I ask myself, would I rather have this or would I ever have Cowboys and Bills get buys Philly Tampa Bay is the Sunday early afternoon game. And I 10 times out of 10, I'd rather just have no seven seeds. Yeah, like we don't pro- – Packers-Cowboys seems like it's going to be the game that would probably be the blowout too. Um, yep. And then who's the seven? On, it's Steelers-Bills. Yeah. yeah, the Steelers. That might be their their third time getting that seven seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest and the biggest beneficiary of it, and they've got kind of handled both times. Um, I think they've been the seven twice, got handled both times if they get handled this time. And then they've played the seven once and got handled by the Browns the first year in that COVID year. Yes, they got killed at home by Baker. Yep. So I think this Dolphins-Chiefs game has a chance to actually be a little more interesting. So I think there's two ways this game goes. Both these teams are limping into the playoffs. I think that it's either a little bit of a fun kind of high scoring game. The Chiefs defense is better than people think, but Waddle probably should be back. And then Tyreek Hill will be a little more healthy. Um, the Chiefs, you know, their offense isn't great, but the Dolphins defense is even worse now. They're missing both their best edge rushers. And that cost them a first round pick for each of them. But I think there's also a chance here that we get like Mahomes, Rasheed Rice, Kelsey start clicking a little bit. Their tackles aren't great, but it doesn't look as bad because, I mean, the Dolphins just signed Justin Houston and they signed Melvin Ingram like a couple weeks before that. Like those are their starting edge rushers most likely. If Van Ginkle can't play, that's kind of tough. Those dudes, they were awesome in their primes. Their primes were probably when we were in high school. So that's pretty tough. Good matchup for the Chiefs. I don't know. This one, on paper, it looks fun. But this is might be like a disappointing like Chiefs win like 21 or like 24-17. Yeah, like a 17-9 to nine or something. Yep. Especially because it's going to be so cold. It's going to be high of 14 in Kansas City. I, I don't see a world where the Dolphins go in Arrowhead and win and then – if the Chiefs win, we'll see shockingly Patrick Mahomes on the road for the first time in his career in the playoffs. Unless the Bills lose. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But that would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't Texans, think that, like... Texans-Browns as well. That's the last game we haven't talked about. I think that's... That's the best game of the weekend. Teams could be... Could... If either of those teams, I think, could go in, into Baltimore and win, potentially. I think this is it for the Browns. I, I maybe it's because I have to listen to so many Browns fans constantly, but the idea that Joe, like, I think we're going to hit this Flacco regression so hard. If they win though, and you got it, the team in Baltimore, either be Flacco and that defense. The thing with the defense is they're so good that they're going to keep you in any game. And if there's any defense that can probably contain Lamar the best, it would be a division team who gets to see him and plan for him the most. Um, the total in that game would be would be so low. A Browns Ravens uh, 
game for the third time this season, but the playoffs, there's always it never goes how you think it's going to go. There's exactly, there's the always Browns. something. But I think the everyone's on the Browns. Everyone's on the Browns. Yeah, and the Texans playing at home on the fast turf. I think I think the Texans. I think the Texans could could make a run too. I think the Texans can make the AFC Championship. Yeah, because I think that. I think I I don't know. I think that if they play the Ravens, they're fucked. The Ravens are really good. I think the Browns have a better shot against the Ravens than the Texans do. But if if the Dolphins can win and the Texans play the Bills, the Texans can beat the Bills. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think guys who are smarter than me say that this is even though the Browns defense is really good, that it's a good matchup for the Texans uh, with Stroud. Obviously, they played him without it. And this just seems like a game like the Browns have already beat them, but it was without Stroud. The Browns have a better record. Everyone's on the Browns. This feels like the the magic carpet rides over. Yeah, I can see that. But I don't know. It'll that's that's the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. Um, I think Lions Rams is the best game, like looking at it on paper, but I just, I think that that game's not actually going to be as fun to watch just because I think, I think the lions have no, they're not going to play in a close game in that one. There's too much going on. Yeah. That, I'm, I'm, that seems like an over game too. Like, I don't know if the the lions are going to, I feel like they're going to score. And I also feel like they don't, are not going to be able to stop Puka Mm -hmm. and Cup. So that's going to be fun if the Sunday night game is just like a game played in like the thirties. Yeah. So final picks, if we go starting with the Browns game all the way through the Eagles, I got the Texans winning and covering the chiefs winning, but not covering. I think it's going to be a boring, like 17, like 24, 21, something like that. Um, I have the Bills winning and covering, I'll say. Cowboys winning and covering. Lions winning and covering. Eagles winning and covering. So I have two underdogs covering, one underdog winning, and four favorites outright. So I have the two two Saturday underdogs covering, one of them winning, the rest of the favorites roll. Uh, I still like I, I'm I am still gonna roll with the Browns Browns Chiefs. Uh, what's the spread? Is it less than a field goal, right? In Houston, Houston is three, Kansas City's four, Buffalo ten, Green Bay seven and a half, Detroit three and a half, Eagles three. Yeah, I like the I like all the AFC favorites, and then I like the Eagles, who are favoring the other two dogs, the Rams and the Packers. I. Just I'm gonna pick against the Cowboys until they lose. Um, but thinking in my head about how the bracket could play out, kind of think we might be. Uh, I think my pick right now would probably be 49ers over the Bills. I think the Ravens are gonna get got, uh, and Buffalo just they're playing really well. And I've been vocal about Josh Allen not being able to put together three or four good games in the playoffs. Luckily, he's not gonna have to play a good game to beat the Steelers. So he's only got to win two games to make it to the Super Bowl. And then I think that's probably where the magic uh could run out. But uh you saw we saw it again on, on on Sunday on that Sunday night game. We had the turn, we had the two picks in the end zone. We had 
not get they I know they called him out of bounds and that really wasn't a bad play uh but like he is just that's why you have him because he makes so many great plays but it's going to come back when they lose when we come back and record the episode after the the Bills lose in the playoffs it will be because it won't be because somebody else messed up it'll be Josh Allen went for the the big shot and it came up and it bit him in the ass so I still think that that's going to happen a lot of people are like high on them now to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Uh, they might get there. I, I just don't think that they could put put it together for for three or four games in a row. Like they're going to have to. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. I think so. Next weekend we would have Texans at Ravens, Chiefs at Bills, and then Detroit at Dallas, Philly at the Niners. Yeah. I could see it being Philly Dallas in the NFC with Dallas winning because they're at home. Dallas mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. And then I could see it being Houston, Kansas City, and Kansas City winning. And we get Dallas KC in the Super Bowl with Dallas winning. Yeah, if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, it'll be a super similar opening to you with Michigan today. Yeah. That is- uh, I don't know if I actually believe that or if I'm just trying to think of an innovative way to not have it be the 49ers and the Ravens, but I definitely think the Texans, the Texans have the Texans and the Ravens are the two underdogs that have sleeper potential that could win more than one game. I think the Texans and the Rams do. Yeah. I, actually I think, did, I, I, think a, I, a couple of weeks ago, I, I sprinkled a little bit on the Super Bowl matchup of, Rams Bills because it was crazy odds and both teams were hot. So I yeah, I don't hate I still that. don't think that's impossible either because the Rams have that advantage of playing the 49ers a couple times. So uh I also have a Browns week the Super Bowl that I put in a while ago. So so I who guess. do you think if if I told you right now, Dom, give me how many teams do you think can realistically win the Super Bowl of the 14 left? In the NFC, the 49ers. In the AFC, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. I think those are really – I'd be very surprised with any of the other teams. I think it's the 49ers, the Cowboys. I don't want to say the Cowboys either, so. I, I think the Rams could win the Super Bowl. I have not – I think the- Stafford is good enough that he could have one of those runs. Yeah. I, I they yeah I don't know uh, it's crazy because there's but I don't think the Eagles can win I no. think the Rams have a better anyone, chance of winning I'm the Super Bowl. Be, it's going to be very surprising if it's if San Francisco is not in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree, but I think there's three teams. I think the Rams, the Cowboys, and the 49ers in the NFC. Mm-hmm. If you told me any of those three won the Super Bowl, I could see the narrative how it plays out. I think the Eagles are close, but I just with everything going on, I think now we can reassess this on Tuesday. You know, if they will come out like gangbusters and look good again, they they definitely have the talent. They were they were there last year with the same team almost. And the AFC, I think it's the Ravens, the Bills, and the Chiefs. If the Browns, Dolphins, Steelers, or who's even the fourth team? I don't even know. Texans. If any of those teams won the Super Bowl, I would be shocked. Now I could see the Texans making the AFC championship. I can't see them playing in the Super Bowl. I could see maybe see the Browns winning two games, but the Browns aren't winning the, the Super Bowl. And so I think there's six teams left that can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. 
gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a, a crazy, crazy ride. It's the best part of the year. It's one of the best football weekends of the year. Um, I hope. So I get rid of the Monday night game. It's the best weekend. Like the Monday night game sucks. Yeah, I hate the Monday. Yeah, night. and we're gonna get the Eagles gonna win, and then they're gonna get fucked on a short week. They're gonna get short exactly. Weeks. There should not be a short week in the playoffs. Now. I imagine the Eagles will play because it's two AFC teams on Saturday. Okay, wait, that actually makes sense. So they yeah, have no, to play. play. That happened last year too because the Eagles had the bye and then they played. Uh, they played whoever played in the Monday night game. I forget who they played in that first round game. Who they crushed? No, they played the Eagles. I mean, sorry, the Giants. The Giants played Sunday. Oh, oh, the Monday, the Monday night, night game, game was, was the Cowboys uh, last year, and they went Cowboys, to San Fran, which is why the Eagles played on Sunday because the Cowboys played the Niners. Yeah. Yeah, who did the Cowboys? Yeah, like the NFC Niners? games, both NFC games will be on Sunday next week, and both AFC games will be on Saturday for mm-hmm. divisional round. Uh, it sucks. The what they now we got the Peacock game, we got the seventh seeds, we got the Monday night game. I yeah. it was so perfect. It's like it's like if they made the NCAA tournament an, an extra round. Yeah. It's a little but, too much. But I'll watch it. And for the teams that get in as the seventh seed, I'm sure. It's great, and more football is not a, not always equivalent to good football, but it's more football nonetheless. Yeah, it's better than no football. Mm-hmm. All right, Dom, that's the uh, wrap up. Unfortunately, a pretty a pretty tough Monday night, but we hope next Monday is better for you. Yeah, we hope you don't have to come on and talk about the the Cowboys like I had to talk about Michigan. Um, but yeah, let's. It's going to be a good weekend of football. I cherish it while it's here because it's it's going to be mid-February pretty soon and we're going to be watching college basketball. And that's that's not even so bad. Once it gets to April and all we have is baseball, that's going to be tough. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Or I think, that, I think, we, uh, I think we covered it all. All right. So we'll catch you at the next water break.